Dear, it's good to be back. What do you have to drink? You brought back lingonberry syrup for me, so I want a lingonberry cocktail. All right, well, we'll whip something up. This is Where is the Love? I'm Michael Ware. I'm Melissa Ware. And uh, we're uh, we're glad to be with you. That was, of course, a different version of Where is the Love than we usually play, but uh, it's one, I don't think it tops the original. But in some ways, dear, it's more appropriate for this podcast it's john legend corinne bailey ray i mean oh yeah oh that is corinne bailey ray isn't it yeah okay okay and so corinne bailey ray we used to listen to her i'm the one who introduced you to her yeah we used to listen to her in the car back in high school yeah in high school and obviously john legend was around the obama campaign both times yeah so much and we we we've seen John Legend in concerts, so yeah, yeah, that too. So so that that version of the song, uh, we might we might play it every every now and then. It's a it's a it's a it's a good one. Uh, I am so glad to be back with. I missed you Thank so God. much. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, listeners know we recorded the last episode on Tuesday. What was it? Tuesday the. The first uh, February first. Oh goodness gracious! Was it? Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Tuesday the eighth. Oh wait, what day is it? No, it's the twelfth. No, yeah, no, Tuesday maybe. the first. Yeah. Uh-huh. We recorded the last episode. I flew out the next day, and now we're recording on Saturday. I literally just landed at the airport like four hours ago. It uh, it was my first trip really where i was gone for more than a night i mean since Alaria was born no you traveled a lot in september and october in for september. more than not for the really? night remember you were gone for like the whole month of was it september you were gone you're, you're right october? you're right september yeah. was crazy but certainly this was the longest trip oh it was the longest like, and i felt it far. i felt it in my soul in my body so did your children <laughs> your children uh, are sick of me i felt it too it was it was uh uh, it was a great trip. It had to be done. It had a conference I was obligated to participate in. And then I just spent so little time out on the West Coast that had some meetings to do out there in preparation for something that I can't tell you about yet. But that huh, That's the first hint you've ever given. That's the first hint. An exclusive here. An exclusive. Uh, but we can't tease it out more. But I was on the West Coast for some meetings. So the trip had to be done, uh, but it was another one of those um, one of those instances that hit me. Gosh, like it was bad enough traveling when we were just a married couple, uh-huh. but with the girls now, yeah, it it just it it hits different. It hits different, and it costs all of us more. Yeah, Sirsha, um, Sirsha just. In the last month or two, she's finally hit this point 
and her development where she honestly misses one of us if we're gone for even a couple hours she cries she she um her emotional regulation goes out the window and for michael being gone 10 days she was just a puddle on the floor every single day um but she got through it she 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 would eventually get over it after about 15 to 20 minutes of just crying (laughs) the poor girl she's just you know she's getting all kinds of new feelings and her brain is her synapses are connecting more than ever and so it's very interesting to watch but also uh by the 10th day it was a little bit frustrating yeah yeah i got feelings too baby but uh, i'm glad to be back our next trip uh we'll be taking as a family because we'll be going to philly to be with our girl annie downs and we're Uh very excited so this coming thursday uh uh in philly uh so glad annie asked me to take part in her that sounds fun tour um it's her podcast tour she's doing events uh we're gonna be in philly on thursday i love having conversations with annie i think few are better interviewers better conversation partners than annie we love annie and i always leave a conversation with annie downs feeling better than when I went into it. So I'm so glad. Uh, and the girls are going to watch you. It's going to the girls it's are gonna gonna be, watch. It's going to be hilarious for a speaking engagement. It will be. It will be. And so that'll be fun. So if you're in the Philly area, uh, you can buy tickets. Uh, go to Annie Downs' website. Uh, and it would be great to see you there. We'll be selling. It's like the first time in like a couple of years yes. <laughs> where I've sold Reclaiming Hope uh, uh-huh. at an event. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, so we just got a new box of books, and, and so that'll be uh, that'll be fun. Uh, and I'll be really glad to have uh, uh, you girls uh, with me. Yeah. Um, so that'll be, that'll be good, and we're, we're, we're trying to, I think, do as many of my work trips uh, together as possible. But then uh, we're also trying to make sure that when you have work trips, you can go alone so you can get some rejuvenation time. Yeah. Um, Do you feel rejuvenated after uh, the West Coast? You know, um, I felt so good last week yeah. because I wasn't doing, uh, you know, the conference I was Conferences at was so take intensive. out of us, you and me both. Um, but the last week, I was staying at a couple of our friends. Mm-hmm. They have a wonderful uh, 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 three and a half year old boy that I just had a blast with mm-hmm. and was reading him books and and they were such wonderful hosts. It was very like low key. I was able to sleep in. Uh, uh, I think I'm made for the West Coast, Melissa. Okay. Uh, because I mean, is this not kind of a girl no, thing? No, 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 no. <laughs> so not in terms of I actually I don't think I could live in California basically anywhere. Um, okay. Ex- uh, but I, just the time zone. Cause oh yeah. I'm such a uh, a night owl as are you. Yep. And you know I was waking up at you know seven thirty eight on the West Coast feeling great you know and then you get to you know two o'clock. And your inbox starts not to yep. fill up so quickly, and you still have three hours of work to sort of catch up. And and, and so I really liked working on the West Coast for 
for a while. Um, That's why I love working with people in European time zones. Like, right. Exactly. I have for a very long time, and it's great because you know you get the barrage in the morning. You know when you're usually checking your inbox, anyways. It's like it's just a task that you do in the morning, no matter what. You answer them all, and then they get off work and they're headed off to wherever to the pub, and you know you have alone time without pinging without the pings in your inbox. Speaking of alone time, I probably should <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this. But uh, 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 I'm looking at you. You look good. Why are we recording this podcast for people? We should be like making out or something. <laughs> well, we are snuggling. We right are now. snuggling. We are snuggling. We're doing this while snuggling. This is time. how committed we are to the podcast. Uh, hey, we have an article we wanna uh, we wanna discuss yep. in the top five. That is, um, I didn't know how to feel about it. I don't know. Like ethically or like just i didn't know what to feel how to feel about the author yeah except for the fact that it's a very well written hilarious essay at some points you're not quite sure if it's like intentionally hilarious um but yeah why don't you introduce the article and and i will say as we were before we recorded we briefly considered Melissa just reading the whole essay out loud uh, because it is like that good and and uh, worth sort of like you know record scratching and being like did, did, did she just did, did she just write that but we won't do that we're not gonna go because it's a relatively long essay but Melissa yeah. tell them tell them what we're talking about yes so this article will be in the top five this week and we decided to take this podcast just a little bit more lighthearted this week we have gotten feedback that everybody likes when we go super political but this week's gonna be lighthearted just because Michael just got off a plane in 10 days well yeah work. and like the main thing to discuss right now is Russia and Ukraine and that, and that is it's changing by the hour. Every, so yeah, exactly I just don't right. feel like I could adequate, adequately cover that for you all at this point in time. But we're thinking about it as a possible next week podcast episode just in case uh, things do take a certain turn. I don't know which direction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So the article, it's in the Atlantic. It's called Let Your Kids Be Bad at Things. And the subtitle is, When Parenting Becomes About Perfectionism, You're Missing the Point. And it's by Heather Hevraleski, and she is the author of the Ask Polly column. Um, <laughs> so this article, yeah, it's exactly what you said. It's very funny, but it's technically all over the place. The title of the article is Let Your Kids Be Bad at Things, where she actually doesn't really cover that. She does cover <laughs> the perfectionism thing with, to a T, with... A flourish, but um, the article is mostly about the human conditioning of caring too much and the age at which you become self-conscious about caring about something too much and appearing to care about something too much. So she's Heather is a mom, and she says that her daughter. I, I mean, she is like peak mom, but yeah, yeah. Continue. No, this is like this is like the new <laughs> tiger mom, but written in a um, self-deprecating and uh, self-conscious way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyways, so the article starts off. She says that her daughter joins a talent show at her elementary school the first time she's in third grade. And they perform It's a Hard Knock Life from Annie. And Heather apparently has a theater background um, and is a chorus geek. She calls herself a former chorus geek. And you could, 
she sort of frames it as, you know, the she saw the rehearsal, the performance wasn't perfect, she really wanted to fix a bunch of things, so wait, she, wait, she fixed wait, wait, the choreography. Wait, wait, what? wait, so you're skipping over a key okay. part. So, right, so, so actually, let me just read from, from this paragraph. Uh, she writes, after years of self-restraint, my compulsive, overachieving core as a parent first appeared in response to an elementary school talent show. Uh, so... A quick comment on that first sentence. I doubt this is the first time that it appeared. We'll, we'll uh, continue. Yes, I get the uh, sense as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, my older daughter and her friends in the third grade decided they wanted to perform It's the Hard Knock Life from Annie. We met the girls and their mothers at a park one Saturday afternoon, and everyone tried to come up with choreography together. She, she says that as if that's just the thing you do. The normal do. thing. Oh, 100%. Like your kids are in a talent show. So obviously all of the parents, all the mothers at least, uh, had to gather together so the mothers could coordinate yeah. with their girls their third grade talent show routine. So I mean, wait, here's the thing. How else would an eight-year-old put together a talent show performance? Oh, I think, uh, well, so, uh, I think totally on their own with their, right, with their yeah. girlfriends. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. Make okay. up dances all the time. No, I'm not suggesting that. I'm, I'm never going to be a part of this. If she <laughs> wants to do it, I'll be like, good luck, child, be on your way. Yeah. Anyways. But, right, so it's funny. It's not the girls, you know, asked for our help, and so we, you know, decided right, to respond. Right, 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 right. It's oh, like no. they were going to be yes. in this talent show. Next sentence, we met the girls and their mothers at a park. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so she continues, as a former chorus geek, I had a lot of very strong opinions, but I held back. Again, <laughs> uh, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> I learned to bite my tongue in order to fit in with the other suburban parents. By the end, oh, yeah, suburban moms... Highly known for biting their tongue. Uh, if you if you didn't uh, if you haven't watched like a TikTok video and like uh, or been to a PTA meeting or have been a part of the online mommy wars for the past yeah right <laughs> 15 yeah years. no suburban moms notorious for biting their tongues. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, by the end of the afternoon, though, we'd gotten only a few verses into the song. Everyone was worried we wouldn't have enough time to finish before auditions. A week later, my husband Bill was out of town, so I went home that night and stayed up late choreographing the performance by myself. I made charts of how, I mean, so she says that, like she was in a group project in high school and she was doing all the work, <laughs> you know, like like my, my partner's totally flaked out and I had to do this all by myself, but she's talking about her third grader who like has a bedtime, um, you know. <laughs> uh, I made charts of how the girls would transition from one formation to another. The next morning. Literal just, charts. Look. Our, our girl ever gets into this second or third grade, it's step ball changes the whole the whole dang routine. If she comes to me for help, maybe a couple claps. Uh, yeah, but- Michael, because we all know, we've seen put on a happy face. <laughs> by yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm going to tell them about that someday. Yeah, that might be one of the inside jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
I, I made charts of how the girls would transition from one formation to another. The next morning, I taught the routine to my daughter so she could help me teach it to the others. I emailed everyone and told them this was my plan. My plan. So we could continue. She goes to say how out of character, character this yeah. was for her. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, that she was worried uh, that everyone would figure out that I wasn't the laid-back, super chill mom I played at birthday parties and school pickup. Again, you read this essay and you go, highly doubt that this woman has fooled an entire community that she is super chill and laid-back. Like, that seems uh -huh. like a tall, tall order. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so sort of take it from here, Melissa. What's, yeah, so, yeah. you know, the third grade talent show happens, and she basically says, uh, you know, it wasn't that bad. And, again, this is the very sort of first third of the article, and she kind of ends the section with, sometimes I just wanted to express the unmatched joy that can come from throwing your heart and soul into something you love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A.K. something that you love that maybe your, yeah, maybe yeah. your eight-year-old doesn't love. Anyways, um, so then... Look, if... if Eight-year-olds are nothing but pure joy. Yeah. So the idea that <laughs> the idea that oh we need to concoct this performance so that so that they could know what heart, what discipline can bring can bring. Basically, it's like I want to do you know put a check mark on the child development list that I have sort of going on in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So then she says, okay, fast forward to the next year. As uh, when her daughter and her friends are in fourth grade and they're nine years old, and they want to do the talent show again, and they choose this. Honestly, I mean, this was an uphill battle. As soon as they chose this song, they chose "Fight Song" by Rachel Platten, Fantastic. which she calls the sonic version of a thousand-year-long noogies. Um, <laughs> she calls it faux inspiration and faux strength. And the first line of the song is like a small boat on the ocean, sending big waves into motion. And a fourth grader cannot sing that with conviction. And I completely agree with her there. You're right? Yeah. Um. So, anyways, she goes to um, a dress rehearsal where her daughter and her friends are performing and then she sees all the other, you know, children um, performing or doing whatever, you know, whatever their talent is. And she basically says that they all sucked and she gets really worried that um, they have this fourth grade or nine-year-old mentality of appearing, of not wanting to appear to care too much because she says that it's around nine years old when kids start to really be aware of how they're perceived by others, by peers. Which, yeah, I can also agree with that as well. You see it all the time. And so, she, you know, she, she goes to this dress rehearsal, thinks that everybody sucks. And so the, this, this is when she starts to just take her behavior from the year before to a whole new level. And she decides to write an email. Um, and she, she... She tells her husband after she sends it, and her husband was like, this was a big mistake because basically the email was very, very, very high-strung, telling the other parents that, you know, the girls didn't look good, everybody, you know, uh, they needed to practice more, they needed to care more, they needed to put more of their heart and soul into it. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, I, she goes I, ended, I ended it with thank you for your help, best wishes, thinking that that would sort of like make up for the fact that she just kind of goes just hard on this email to these other parents. And she also says that she never attends any of the PTA meetings and she never gets involved in all these parental, parental things. But this, you know, last year at the talent show and this year at the talent show is the first time that she's just getting super involved. 
want. Yeah, so, so let, let me just read from this. Uh, so this is her after she saw the rehearsal. Uh, she says, um, I handled my feelings of disappointment like any mature adult would by uploading the video of the performance I took on my phone and emailing it to all of the girls' parents as soon as I got home, along with a note written with the, <laughs> along with a note written with the urgent tone of a nine a nine one one dispatcher. In order to avert disaster, I explained each and every parent should analyze my footage with their daughters that night and then have a frank, in-depth discussion about the profound importance of energy, focus, and jazz hands. Uh, it is... Here, I actually love uh, this essay. And this is kind of... It seems something... Uh, this author does um, so. So uh, uh, Havleski is uh, also the uh, Havreleski is also the author of a book called Foreverland, which is kind of her marriage uh, memoir. Yep, and this is an excerpt from it. Yeah, and so some of the reviews have suggested, you know, like you won't come out of it liking her necessarily, yeah. but that it's 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 in it's a. It's a tremendous sort of read. And she kind of, I kind of like the transparency of it. Even though you don't know whether she realizes how transparent she's she's being. Some, some parts I think of, she does. Some parts of the essay are, are more obvious. Like the excerpt I just yeah. read, she clearly gets how ridiculous she's being. Yeah. Um, uh, so it, it, it's, it, it was, it, I, I really enjoyed, I, I really enjoyed reading this. Yeah, I actually think it's a trend right now in a lot of writing, especially longer form pieces, to be very transparent, um, sort of being very self-aware. I think that's a huge trend right now, just so that you have fewer people coming at you because you're like, well, I already knew that I'm, you know, this right, was a terrible yeah, reaction, yeah. or you know, I wasn't, I was, my head was not on straight, or I was being too high strung um, with a bunch of nine-year-olds kind of thing. Um, yeah. So she she kind of ends the essay by saying, you know, as she saw the performance, it, she it sort of dawned uh, on her that it's actually, you know, the imperfections that actually, you know, made it uh, made it special. Um, that you know you're seeing these uh, children uh, sort of in uh, quote sort of conflicted state, uh, and this is like part of what growing up looks like. And actually, you know, I've become less judgmental, and I think this is a common experience. I've become less judgmental of parents uh, as I've become one. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I, I've become, uh, I obviously have clearer views in my mind of the kind of parent I want to be, but I think just being the parent of, of uh, you know, just a three-year-old and a 10-month-old, so things are going to develop. But even just in this short time span, uh, you know, um, you don't live up to the ideal and your personality interferes with your ideas about parenting. And that's like very much at the core of this this essay, this sort of conflict between, I was a theater geek, I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. I, I have I think, these, like, yeah. I think at one point she calls herself a live wire, and I think 
that is parenting. Mm. I think we are all live wires and parenting will basically push every single button to just set you off. And everybody has various vices and sort of weaknesses or um, hangups, whatever you want to call them. And parenting will ensure that all of those wires are crossing at whatever time, maybe at, maybe all at the same time sort yeah. of thing. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. As I've become a parent as well, I behavior like this or somebody explaining their behavior explaining the way they're thinking i can even though for me i can because she's like more of a type a i'm a type b basically like i don't really identify with totally. except for yes no completely yeah except for i can imagine that if sirsha alaria would get into something that i'm really passionate about because i'm passionate about only a very few things but if they were to do some like some school project on astronomy, I don't know, I might get a little bit more high strung yeah, because sure. I like that subject matter. Yeah, yeah. But this type of stuff, sports, performing, all that, I'm going to be like, you're doing a great job. I'm so glad you're participating in the first place. Because, I mean, that's the point of this. Because at the end, you know, her sort of thesis is, you know, you begin at a certain point in your life, for whatever reason, our brains are wired in a way where we start caring about how we're, how we're being perceived. And the point of the article is I started to realize it's not just children who feel this. You never quite grow out of it. Even as an adult, right. you continue to care about how people view you because she keeps on saying, I used to like to project myself as the cool, aloof parent, but then I started realizing through these incidences that I was not the cool, aloof parent and I was revealing myself to these other parents that I wasn't as chill as I came off. Um, so this idea that, you know, even as an adult, you still care about how other people see you, like, that's a very, very common refrain. It's a common thing that people feel. And, you know, about this sort of area, like, I feel like I'm quite chill and aloof, but I know for a fact that probably something's going to come up with Ilari or, or Saoirse, and I'll probably think back to an article like this thinking, oh, yeah, I said I wouldn't be that way, but here yeah. I am, totally high-strung and texting a parent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, I appreciate the correction. You're completely right. That is the point, not the point I said. She says, I would, I would like to tell you that this was a rare and special moment and children grow out of this conflicted state soon enough. And then she continues to say, but the truth is, is, is that this uneasy state lasts a lifetime. You're exactly right. Um, I think one of the main reasons we want to talk about this article is uh, there are so many funny lines uh, and so many like interesting asides that it is like exactly the kind of essay that we want to hear from our listeners about. Like yeah. what what made you laugh? What sort of widened your eyes? Um, so uh, would love for you to comment on the Substack uh, uh, and let us know what you thought of of this article or anything else in the top five. As a reminder, you can always read the top five. Not only read it, you can get it straight to your inbox by signing up at reclaiminghope.substack.com. If you want to support our work uh, financially, you could uh, become a subscriber for five bucks a month and you'll receive not only top five, but exclusive analysis, the political brief on Mondays, faith in the news later in the week, and uh, we'd so appreciate uh, you joining our community in that way. Uh, Melissa, I, I love talking about the article with you. And I'm so glad that you found it. It was, um, 
Uh, it was, yeah, it I was thought it was really fun. There's, there's been so many articles about, you know, ch- child development type issues. Like the title of the article, I thought that's what it would be about allowing your children to fail. And I've read articles like that before. So I was like, okay, well, what, the, sure. what is this person's take going to be? And then it actually went into a more sort of like memoirish type area that I actually found to be a lot more insightful than all the stuff that I've actually have written mm. in, read in the past on, you know, the idea that you should allow your child to fail in order to build up a b or c thing in in them so that they are you know able to you know cope with the world once they once they become adults yeah i, I just really liked it I, I think i'm gonna go probably read more of her stuff especially if she does ask polly yeah i mean her, her book sounds like it could could be interesting and so um so again her book is uh is it foverland 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 yeah. it, sh- it comes out heather pretty soon yeah heather haverleski um uh and uh, and and so yeah, it might be an interesting interesting read to pick up. Though I don't know uh, too much about the book, other than that it's a marriage memoir. So if it's anything like this, probably a lot of uh, interesting and uh, sort of funny commentary. Even if you don't necessarily identify or want to identify with uh, with the author. Hey, uh, th- this episode was fun. Glad to be back. Uh, home with you melissa i uh, glad me to too. you brought me german things i did uh i brought you uh like authentic german haribo so that's what gummies. i've been eating throughout this podcast episode is a ton of haribo gummies yes uh, straight from germany because he you found a german shop uh, i did i found a german shop just walking down the street in san francisco um and enjoyed that i also got to go see little italy in san francisco Never been to Little Italy in San Francisco. Thought it was wonderful. Uh, although uh, my uh, waiter and the restaurant owner were complaining that it's shrinking. COVID hit Little Italy hard. Uh, and and uh, and they felt like it, Little Italy uh, was losing its... Uh, becoming actually little. Yes, becoming yeah. little. Uh, but uh, I had a great meal at one of the restaurants there right across from... Uh, St. Peter and Paul Church, which was beautiful. And so, uh, so yeah, I would uh, encourage folks to check out and support businesses in Little Italy before it, uh, before it uh, uh, you know, completely uh, uh, becomes even littler. Mm-hmm. Um, hey. Really sad. Yeah, yeah, no, it would be. Hey, this is uh, Where is the Love? We'll be back at you next week with a new episode. Until then, uh, I hope you have a wonderful week. Uh, It's been so good to be with you. Bye. I love when he does that with his notes. Yeah. At the end. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, John.